everyone. My name is Pastor Maya Rodriguez. I want to welcome you to my weekly podcast. It is a true privilege to be able to share the good news of God's Word with you. Enjoy. Good morning, church. How are you? Come on, let's give God the glory. Why don't you take somebody next to you, just shake them, wake them up, say, come on, come on, come on. We're at church. We're going to lean in, right? We're going to lean into the word of God. Are you ready to lean in? Are you ready to receive the word of God? So super excited for this new series. Four weeks titled, entitled, With All My Heart. Kind of seems like a Valentine's message, right? Because it's like with all my heart. But it's such a good transition between what we were talking about, relationships, right, and friendships, marriages, and all of that kind of good stuff. But now we're going to be talking about finances and blessing and generosity, which also is given with the heart. Amen? Can we say amen to that? So the title of today's message is First Place. Who likes second place? Second place is good. But you shoot for first place. Who likes participate? Are you one of the ones that like to do, do participation, um, right, awards? And you're like, you didn't get first place, you didn't get second place, but you went home with a participation award, right? And you're like, no, 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 no. no you want the first place. Can I say, can you guys say first place? First place. And here at uh, Grace City, our pastor always says this, become the answer to someone else's prayer. And that is only done by the grace of God. That is not done by behavior modification. That is not done, you know, just because you try really hard. That is done and, and accomplished by the grace of God. Becoming the answer, that should be our goal. Becoming the answer to our family's prayer. Be, being the answer to our children's needs. Being the answer to our community. Becoming the answer instead of the problem, right? We become the answer. And we are so intentional about this message. We are so intentional about our life revolving around the ideology that we are blessed to be a blessing. We are not teaching a prosperity gospel, right? No, we are teaching the word of God. And we know that we want to be blessed to become a blessing. We want to be set right. We want to have to be able to share, to help out, right? Meaning that we are generous with our lives. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're really stingy with your life, right? You're really stingy with your things. You're just like, these are mine and nobody touched them. But God is calling us out of that place and saying, everything you have, right, give it to me. Give it to me. I'm not asking you to bring it to church or bring it to the altar. No, give it to him for his use, for his glory, that your home would be a place where people can come and lives can be transformed. Can I get an amen? Because we are called to make a difference. That is why we want to know God. That is why we want to find freedom. That is why we strive to discover our purpose so that we can, you know, be all haughty with our, you know, in, in filled with ourselves. No. We are called to this to make a true difference in our homes. We are to value, to bring value to our neighborhoods, right? 
to positively, uh, positively, I'm sorry, affect our schools? I mean, are you a positive influence? Or are you the ones that also put the toilet paper under the sink and then throw it up to the ceiling? Because everyone does it. Come on, you guys. No, you know, are you the one that's also writing on the walls? Are you the one at work that, you know, just leaves the things, you know, in worse condition than the way that you found them? Are you the one that just barely gets by? Or are you actually making a positive, life-transforming difference in your job, in your home, right, in your schools? We are here to shine the light of Jesus in our city. We are here to be that light. And that light isn't put under a table, but it's set on a lampstand. Amen? Mike Todd put it this way, and I loved what he said. He said, we are not chasing paper, but we are chasing purpose. And I think, like, when we're talking about prosperity, when we're talking about money, a lot of people get caught up with it. They're like, no, no, I, I want to be taught about spiritual things. Wait, when was the last time that you said, God, bless me. God, help me get that job. God, help me get that raise. You just brought him into your finances. You brought him into your finances, right? Because we ask God for those things, but we're not chasing paper. We're chasing the purpose behind the paper. We're chasing the purpose behind our lives. Amen? There's a big God-given why behind everything, behind our life, and behind the blessings that God gave you. When he gives you a child, it says that they are arrows, they are arrows. Why, why, is, why are they arrows? Because they go towards the future. There's a why you've had those kids. There's a why God gave you that child. Because he said, I want to take you not just now, but I want to take you into the future. There's a why behind that position in that job. There's a why behind the amount of zeros you have on your paycheck. There's a why. Maybe you're like, man, I'm missing a few of them. There's a why. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's a why. Maybe you've been chasing paper. Or, or make it more personal. Maybe I've been chasing paper instead of purpose. See, if there's no purpose, then why do you need the paper? If there's no purpose, if there's no why behind it, if you just want a big house to show off and your family could see that you are, you know, were better than all your other siblings, there's no purpose. That's a, that's, or it's, it is a purpose, but it's the wrong purpose. But God says, I will bless anything that has God's purpose. Amen. And because we understand this, we don't ask for more money, but we ask for more purpose. I want our prayer during these next four weeks not to be, Lord, give, put another zero behind that, you know, on my paycheck. But rather, give me more purpose. And I know that you will supply all of my needs according to your will. Can I, can I get an amen to that? So the word of God that is just so correct, so right, so timely says this in Matthew 6, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all other things shall what? Shall what? Shall, shall what? Shall be added. Like don't worry about the things that are going to be added. Don't worry about the car. Don't worry about the house. Why don't we concentrate instead of thinking of these next four weeks about money, about the home, about prosperity in the sense of just more money. Why don't we concentrate instead of what's going to be added to us, why don't we concentrate on what the word of God says? It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness.
Seek his purpose, seek his heart, and seek his will. It says, but seek, say with me, first. Can somebody put up a finger and say first? Not the wrong finger, guys, the right finger, okay? First, say first. Yes, seek first. Seek first what? The kingdom of God first. I remember when Mario and I, um, we had such a short time that we were actually dating. It was really intense. It was, you know, uh, it was long distance. But he was just so sure, bless you, sweetie. But he was just so sure about me being his wife. It was like, I mean, it was God. It was God. <laughs> because uh, he was already pastoring the youth group. And he was a, a police officer. And he had, well, what I, what I saw was his life together. And I was a mess. I was a college student my second year at Concordia University in Irvine. And living in a dorm room. Living off of top ramen and pancakes. Spaghetti, no meatballs, okay? You know where I'm going with that, right, you guys? So I remember he started courting me, and um, when I would come here, he would take me out to eat, and it was super fun. He'd say, oh, you're so beautiful, and I love this about you, and I'm like, oh, I feel so good. Who doesn't like to be courted? Like, who doesn't like to be set, like told that they look beautiful or that? He's like, I love your hair. He just told me during the marriage retreat, he's like, I love your hair straight, straight. And I'm like, straight? Like all the time, just straight? He's like, yes, no other way. I'm like, so when you see me with hair, with my hair just straight, you know, it's for him. It's for him. Okay. So this was a lot of fun. I mean, dating should be fun, right, you guys? Dating is fun. It should be. If it's not, run. Run. Because if it's not fun now, it's going to be dangerous later, okay? So it was fun, and, and it was so short, but, like, he would, we would go to the park, remember, babe? And we'd go to see the ducks and everything. And uh, I loved that, and he was trying to do all the things to court me. But when I knew things were getting serious was when he said to me, we, we need to talk about your debts. I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, I need to know what you owe because I want to marry you. And I'm going to take on whatever you owe is going to become mine. I'm going to take on responsibility for that. I want to be your husband. I'm not only going to put a ring on your finger, but together we're going to climb out of this debt. Like we're going to get out of debt. He literally, and it was so scary to me. It wasn't scary to me to hold his hand. I love debt, right? I love kissing him right? I loved going to the movies with him. I loved eating with him. I loved taking pictures with him, kind of. I loved having conversations. I don't like to take pictures. But um, when he said to me, not only am I going to put a ring on your finger, but I need to know what your financial situation is because as a head of the household, I'm going to take responsibility over that. I knew not only is this man crazy, crazy, but he's crazy in love with me because he doesn't just want the good. He wants the hard and the ugly. Like he's willing to take on everything that I owe. Can I get an amen to that? God is speaking to someone right now. Yes, this is when I knew. My point with this is, this is when I knew that I was first place in his life. This is when I knew that I would actually always be, after God, obviously, first place in his life. Because he was becoming, he wanted to be responsible. It wasn't something I gave him or put on him. It was something he asked for. He said, I love you so much, I want to take on that responsibility. And this is where the, the, the quote is, put your money where your mouth is. You say you love me. You say that I'm beautiful. You like to go out with me. You like to go feed the ducks with me. 
but yet you don't you want to have two bank accounts you don't want to mix money you know your your money my money uh, your money like everything separate no true love is where all of it is is together amen and this is where we also show biblically that we trust in God this is where we trust in God he God must be the one and only God must be first place. Can I get an amen? Because God actually can't be second. If he's second on your list, he's not on your list. Because there's no way that our mighty, powerful, gracious, beautiful, you know, all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipresent, omniscient God will sit at second place. He's not looking for a participation certificate in your life. He needs a first place medal. He needs to be the God, the only God in your life. So he refuses to take second place. The greatest of all commandments said this, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. This is the first and the greatest of all the commandments. God is to hold the highest place in our hearts. Our greatest love and our deepest affection must be given to him. And it can't just be with our hands and it can't just be with, with the, the sound of our voice. It has to be with all of it. It has to be with all of it. This is where a generosity comes in. And this is where just trusting God, not just with my spiritual life, but with my financial life as well. What would happen if you would give God control of it all? If you don't just want the good stuff, the one that makes you feel good, the stuff that makes your hair, your hair stand up on your arms, but all of it. Where you say, God, I want to let you in in every single crevice, every drawer, every corner, the last, every room of my home, of my heart, of my mind, my devotion, my dependence. I must be place all of my trust in God. If we love something more than God, we are saying that thing, that thing, that, that son, that daughter, that person, your Instagram account. You know, that social, all of that is more important than God. When we put our trust, when we put our devotion, where we place all of our time on whatever it is, that becomes more significant. We're saying that that thing is better, that it's more important, that's more urgent. It's more significant, it's more valuable than God. And I read someone said that, that putting God in first place is like, like buttoning up your shirt. As long as you line up the first button, that's what you really have to be careful with. Because it's not the middle buttons that get confused. It's the first. If you start off wrong with the first, and this is really important when you're putting on a faja. What's a faja? It's like, dude, like you guys buttons, the men are speaking in buttons. We're speaking in faja little thing. It's like, you get... Have you ever put one of those, a waist trainer on, and you light it up wrong? You're like, ah, oh, you're literally sweating. I think the reason that you lose weight is because you sweat putting it on. Like, it's a workout all the way, right? But if you line up the first button, you got to get that first button. So many of us are like, ah. <laughs> so we want the prosperity, and we want the zeros on our bank account. And we want the position at that job, right? 
and we want the authority, but we don't want to get the first button right where it is. Trust God, love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. That is the first button. We got to line that up. Can someone say amen and give God all the glory? Come on, church. Matthew 6.33 says this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his, his righteousness. What is right? What is right before God? What is right? What he wants for our life. What he has as purpose for our life. This part is actually kind of in the middle of the famous sermon on the mount of Jesus. Jesus was teaching all of the Beatitudes. All of the blessings, we're, we're actually going to begin a series on that on Wednesdays about all of the blessings of the Sermon of the Mount mentioned there. And, but this part is where Jesus takes kind of a pause from that and now focuses on, on this part of, of seeking first the kingdom of God. And this is where he's making like the, the first time really teaching on this. Remember the people, remember his audience. Remember that they are still part of the old covenant. That they are still waiting for the Messiah that is standing before, him, before them. That they're still living the life of, of, of the old covenant before the Messiah. And he's transitioning them. He's preparing to transition them into the new covenant, which was starting when Jesus resurrects from the tomb from death. We must remember the life before the redemption of Christ for those people. That where they thought that they needed, you know, to sweat, to hustle, to strive, to earn everything with the sweat of their brow, giving it all, right? Giving all they got and then some. And just trying to survive with their own ingenuity and their own drive and their, no, their own know-hows. And sin separated them from God. And the abundant provision of God. From the beginning of Adam and Eve, they were separated. And now they had to, anything they, they wanted, they had to sweat for it. They had to work for it. They had to earn it. And then remember that the law of Moses came and it started as ten commandments? Do you guys know how many it turned into? Those ten commandments turned into what it's known as the mitzvot, which is 613 rules and regulations. And they had to follow them perfectly. They had to because that's the only way that they could be clean. They, and that's why they would stand in the streets and pray and pray and pray. And they would just sit so everyone would see them. So everyone would know how holy they are. How righteous they are. How they strive to earn everything they have. Have you ever heard someone say, everything I've got is because I've earned it? Because I deserve it. Because I've worked hard. Wait a minute. What about God? What about the oxygen that he gives you? The life that he gives you, right? They're living in this time before. They're living in the old covenant before the grace of God. With this mentality, then Jesus stands up with something new. Right? They're like, I need to endure this. I need to. And they, that's why they would fast and they would want everyone to know that they're fasting. like, we're so hungry, but we're so holy. Look at me. Look how holy I am. Look at my good deeds. Look at my Bible. Ooh, look at my Bible. 
with all of its colors, right? And I'm, because they had to demonstrate to everyone how holy they were. But then Jesus stands up and he's teaching about all the blessings of the kingdom of God. And then he stands up and he says, seek first the kingdom of God. Don't, don't put your, your, your focus on all of the other stuff. Don't worry about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what everyone else worries about. I bring you a new message. If you would only seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, this is an invitation to call the kingdom of God down on earth. To say, Heavenly Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can I get an amen? This is an exchange. Instead of living for and by what they can do for themselves, Jesus invites them to turn over all authority to God and to allow him to work everything out for their good, for those, right, that live according to his will. No, it's not because of what they did. And they didn't understand. They're like, what? How about the 613 rules I've been trying to live by? And then that's why the Pharisees are like, uh-uh. They're not worthy. I've been living by these Because everyone wanted the glory for themselves. Are we not living in that same time where it's all about us and all about ego and how we look and what we have to prove how blessed we are even in a church? When really is that what blessing is? Is that what prosperity is? Is it limited to the nicest car? Or is it better that you sleep with peace at night? Next to your wife, with your children in the other room, that you eat together as a family, that you have milk and, and meat and, and provision in your home, that you're able to laugh together and laugh at each other, right? This is what true blessing is all about. Imagine, now imagine them hearing with their 613 rules, them hearing this for the first time. The God of the universe is now offering them. He's offering them. To provide everything. Not just spiritual. He's saying, I will give you everything you need. I will add on to you not just the spiritual. I will not just give you peace. But I'll also give you the prosperity. I will also give you the car. And I will also provide for you all the tangible things. The physical needs. Matthew 6.33, again, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. That is the provision flows out of the kingdom because you are his child and he loves you. It flows, recognize that everything flows from the kingdom, from his kingdom. Not because you perform, not because you sweat, not because you strive, not because you're the most intelligent, the most brilliant, not because you earn something, but it's by grace. It is by the grace of God that we woke up this morning. It is by the grace of God that your spouse is sitting next to you. It is by the grace of God that your children want to still sit by you. Amen. This is true wealth. Come on, you guys. This is true wealth. I'm a wealthy woman. I'm a wealthy woman, and I don't need to show you my bank account. I can show you by my two daughters and my son-in-law. I can show you by the smile on my face. I can show you that when I go through storms, right, it's okay. I'm not by myself. 
I know that he is with me. Can I get an amen? True wealth comes from God. If you're taking notes, write that. True wealth comes from God. Complete trust and confidence in God as your source of everything. That if he provides for the birds, that they don't reap and, and, and they don't sow or reap or stow away, but yet God feeds them. And this is what Jesus taught. How much more will he give you that you are valuable, you are his son and his daughter? Money is not a guarantee for peace. That's why this finance series is not about money. It's about true wealth. The money is going to be added to you. Right? The cars will be added to you. The home, the food. But this is about true wealth of saying, I will prosper in everything. In peace, in love, in unity. Many times we look to God for the spiritual and we want to feel the butterflies in our tummy and we're like, oh, we just feel so full spiritually. Yet you go home and there isn't peace. You go home and there isn't something to eat and you're worried about finances. Is it that you haven't given him authority over that? Have you not turned it over to God? Do you trust him with your heart supposedly, but you don't trust him with your wallet? You're like, please stay out of that. And he says, okay, okay. That's why you're struggling. You want to know why you're struggling? That's why you're struggling. We are torn between the two. The two. God and money. We erroneously think, God, you provide me with joy on Sunday, but come on Monday. Money brings me happiness. It's money that brings me happiness. We erroneously think and we say, yes, God, I love you, but I love money. I love money. We erroneously believe, God, you created me, but yet money makes me. You're like, no, not me. Really? Do you wear the shoes or do the shoes wear you? You're like, no, no, pastor, not me. Oh, really? Dave Ramsey put it this way. He said, many use money they don't have to buy things they don't need to impress people they don't like. The question this morning is how many times have you used money you don't have to buy things you don't need, to post them on your Instagram, to impress people you don't even like? I'm going to make an altar call after that one. Right? Right? Am I talking to the wrong church? Right? Don't we do it? Don't we order the meal just to post sometimes the picture? It's not actually even good. It just looks good. Does your life just look good? Does your check just have a lot of zeros, but yet you come home to an empty house or to a bitter wife or to a bitter husband? Your children don't like you. Your dog doesn't even like you. That's hard. That's hard. That's hard to do. They say, if you want to know who loves you more, put your, for a man, put your, no, for a woman. We'll do it with a woman. <laughs> I'm preaching, so. Put your husband and your dog in the, in, your, um, in the trunk of your car and leave them there for a day. Then come back the next day, open the trunk and see who's still happy to see you. Then you'll know who really loves you. Don't do it. Don't do it. You're like, pastor told me to do it on Sunday. God versus money. 
In Matthew 6, 24, Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. See, these are two masters that are dueling it out. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve. And here's the answer to the test. What are those two gods? Who's dueling it out? Who's battling for my heart? And he gives you the answer. Jesus says in the Sermon of the Mount, you cannot serve both God and money. Oh, I don't know why you talk about money at church, because Jesus did on the Sermon of the Mount, the most important sermon he gave. Anything can become a master to us. Anything that we worship, anything that we focus on, anything that we put more love and more devotion on than God, that can become our God. To serve money means to calculate all of your behavior all of your life to maximize what money can give you. Always asking, what benefits? I need money so that I can be. Instead of I am and I have purpose, so I need that to fund it. What are you focusing on? The belief that more money is the answer to your problems is so wrong. When my husband and I, and with this I'm going to close, we used to, we used to drive around. And this was for a vision more than anything. But there was this neighborhood that we used to drive around. There's a beautiful American West homes that I just love with the basements. And uh, we used to drive around when he was just on a pastor salary because he had quit his job as the police officer. And he was full-time. I wasn't working. I was a student. And we, were, we would drive around. We'd look at these homes. And we're like, oh, man, imagine, when, imagine the day that we make $10,000 a month. Oh my, we would be rich. I'm like, I looked at him. I'm like, we would be rich. Like, we could afford this house. We would live super comfortable. We would be happy. And then you make that amount, and then you're like asking, you're like, oh, the day I could make $15,000 a month. Why? Because then more money, more problems. <laughs> yeah, more money, more problems. No, but we're going to say more money, more purpose. More money, more purpose. I'm going to seek out the purpose of God. Right? We say, if you only give me 10000 how about 100 How many could make it? You'd say, my life would be transformed with $10,000 more. Come on. Come on. All the teenagers should be raising their hand. If you're like, you got $10,000, you would be like, I would pay off whatever I owe. Like, I'd be set. Thank you for being honest. I have one honest person here. How about, I mean, how many of you say, if I had 100000 Pastor, if you gave me $100,000 today, I'd be set. Like, I would be stress-free. Thank you. Thank you for your hand. Right? Okay. How many of you are like, no, 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 I need a million. With a million, I would be set. How many? Okay, a million, you'd be like, I'd be happy. Right? Ten million. Ten. We're like, well, once a million, I'll take ten, right? But let me tell you, the ones that make ten million have ten million dollars worth of problems as well. The one million brings a million dollars of responsibility. The 10,000 calls you to be responsible. So it's not that it's going to fix your problems. We can't focus on the money. we got to focus on God. He wants your heart. See, it's not a money issue. It is a heart issue. That is the whole, to sum up this whole thing, it is a heart issue. Stand to your feet. So Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, he's there with all the people like I'm here. I'm not Jesus, but... He's here and he's just like, see you guys, if our God can provide for the birds, if our God knows when a, when a flower comes into bloom and gives even purpose to a flower and gives it beauty, 
If he provides for the birds that don't have to sow and they don't have to reap and they don't have to store. He's like, why are you worried? Give him your heart. Seek God first. Give him everything. If you give him your heart, then he can have everything. Where you put your heart, you will invest your treasure. Because Matthew says, for where your treasure is, these are the words of God, just in the book of Matthew says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Homework for this week. I want you to spy on your money. Not focus on it, spy on it. See what it's up to. See what it's up to. Look at your bank account and see how many times your money went to Starbucks. I'm serious. How many accounts of Netflix, Google, you know, whatever, uh, Hulu, all of that, all of those social media things, how much of your money is going to that a month? The best sports package, the the best thing. How many of it's going on clothes? How many? And then yet you're like, I can't tithe because I don't have money. Spy on your money because it's sneaky. Spy on it. Put on the spy glass and say, I'm going to be watching you this week. I want to know because my heart is God's. So my money, it says, right, where your money is, your heart will follow. See, the money goes first. You're like, oh, change my heart. No, give. Be generous. See, it says where your money is, your heart. It doesn't say where your heart is, your money will go. It says where your money is, your heart will follow. So if your heart's the one that's following, put your money to God. Rob Carmen would always say this. He's in heaven now, but he would say money is a revealer of the heart. And I agree with him 100%. Is your, is your money spent just on you? Is your money spent on your activities? And little of it goes to your children? It says that those that do not provide for their family and don't take care, especially of their home, are worse, are worse than an unbeliever. And they've actually denied the faith. If you do not provide for your home, if you are not, you know, providing for that, that's why we say, Lord, I have a purpose. The men of the, the head of households, you have a purpose to provide for your home. Women, we also, we are the, the ones that come and help. We are the helpmates. We have a purpose. Children, you also have a purpose. And with that purpose, God will give you the provision. There's a constant battle And the battle is for your heart. Give God your heart. Jesus is standing at the door this morning. Jesus is standing. He says he stands at the door and he just knocks. He doesn't shove the door open. He knocks. But he knocks in order to be not just your Savior but your Lord. It says, I make you my Lord and my Savior. The Lord is the one that's in control. The Lord is the one that calls the shots. When you say, Lord, I don't just want you to save me. I don't just want you as my spiritual father, but I need you to lead me financially. I need you to take everything, every part of my life. I make you the Lord. Let's pray. Let's pray. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your family, friends, frenemies. Lord knows we all need more Jesus. Until next week.